Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Your Age Is Not Your Cage with Carla Allen. It has been a few weeks since I've been here. Um, For those of you that don't know, my sweet, precious dad passed away on September 2nd, and we just laid him to rest this last Friday, September 15th. So to honor him, uh, I took a break, even though I did have a couple things lined up. I didn't want to have to think about it. I didn't want to have to um, put things out there. I just wanted to let things lie for a few weeks. And um, so I'm back. And this is a solo that I'm going to share some things that have just been on my heart and the process of everything that I've been through. And I hope it speaks to someone about um, just your health and anyone else that's going through uh, caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia or any kind of illness, um, my heart just goes out to you because it has been quite a journey that my family has been on for the last five years. And so let me start with what a year it has been. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day and just thinking about this last year, I was consumed with the process of my kidney donation to my lifelong bestie, Tammy. And you can go back and listen to a couple episodes on our story. Um, But so a lot of our lives were consumed, my family, with that and making decisions and testing and so many areas of that and the anticipation of that kidney surgery. And then it finally happened on June 7th. And um, just to update you on that, Tammy and I are both doing amazing. Um, I don't have any more labs until November and we'll see where everything stands in, but I've been doing great. I feel great. I feel like I did before. So, um, and Tammy, uh, who is just kind of showing off a little bit, the kidney that I donated to her is doing fabulous and actually tends to pass me and beat me in in my numbers. But I told Tammy the competition is on because this kidney is not going to put up with that. But so we're both doing great. We're both back to living our lives. But once that surgery was complete and I was back home and going through the recovery and doing things. Oh, let me back up and say that I decided in all of this to start a podcast. I released my first podcast the week of my kidney surgery. I thought, why not? Why not do that? So I did. And I felt like if I went ahead and released it, because I had put it off for so, so long, waiting for the perfect moment, there is no perfect moment. I just went for it. And so I released it that week, just thinking, if I do that now, I will be forced into consistency after this. So I've had a couple hiccups along the way with consistency, but I do my very best to release every Wednesday a podcast. And with that said, after the surgery, I was about four weeks into my recovery when I got an infection. And had to go back to Houston for some more testing. Bottom line, I was fine. Uh, They ruled out anything that could be, you know, troubling. And I just had an infection. It was never awful, 
uh, it didn't look good. My stomach didn't look good, but it was never awful. And I, I jumped right back in and overcame. And after that, um, a couple weeks later, I got back into my um, workout program. I've always been walking, but I got back into lifting weights and doing all the things that I love. So there is my kidney update. But following that um, infection, then let's see, uh, we moved my son and daughter-in-law um, out of state for her to go to grad school. And so we did that. I went and spent some time with my daughter um, up at college. Um, and when I came back from that is when things just kind of fell apart, meaning that my dad's illness had been slowly digressing. Things had been slowly going downhill, but my mom had been caring for him at home and was was still able to care for him at home. Um, and we live right down the street from them. So uh, we were able to help a lot. But once we got back, it's it's like it was a whirlwind. And uh, one thing after another with my dad uh, began to happen. And as anyone else walking through this illness with someone, you know the stages that it can take. And of course, the forgetfulness and not being able to remember things or people or and and for my dad, not remembering anyone didn't come for a while, which was such a gift to us. But he started with, um, they go through sundowners where evenings are very hard. They might imagine things, have delusions, um, and it becomes very, very difficult at night. And that was the process of where it started. And then that led to different medications, different things we had to do for him, which eventually then led to putting him on hospice. And I'd love to point out and clear up what hospice is because I didn't know it before either. But hospice doesn't mean you get put in and you're you're going to pass away in the next week or two. You could be around six months, a year longer. Hospice just means it allowed my mom to have more care in her home. It allowed different medical things to be covered. And so we put my dad on hospice, which started a whole new regimen of people in and out. We had CNAs in there. God bless them for all that they do. The CNAs, they they do so much. And we had a nurse once or twice a week. Uh, we had a chaplain. We had a social worker. I'm probably forgetting someone, but the main point is you were getting constant care and constant monitoring, a 24-hour uh, telephone line to call in if, if you had questions. And it became this uh, juggling act of medications and what to do and what reacted well, what didn't. And my dad, unfortunately, did not react well to so many of the medications and they had adverse reactions. And a lot of them put him more in a vegetative state. And then my dad um, ended up, he had been using a cane and then he started using a walker and very quickly uh, he ended up wheelchair bound. That digressed fairly quickly too into bed bound. Um, but during that time, I was at my mom's several times a day meeting 
the caregivers over there helping my mom. And I have to say the people that surrounded us and the friends that stepped up and people from their church and my amazing sweet women's group. And oh my gosh, so many of my friends, community in this time is what held us up and carried us through. And we have people that went above and beyond to help us. And I just can't thank everyone enough. I I can't. I can't even express our gratitude for what some of the people did along the way. It just was amazing. But to watch my dad go through what he did with this illness and literally so quickly, which in some ways was a gift because he didn't have to live out his life in a memory care home, which we had secured a place for him at the end of September. Um, and we were just trying to figure out, can we care for him at home until then? Can we make this work? And we got some in-home caregivers uh, that helped us out. And uh, we just tried to do what we could to help my dad stay home as long as possible. And like I said, we had a memory care place secured for him. Shortly after we did that, my dad, um, his days looked like waking up people coming and caring for him, moving him from a wheelchair, I mean, excuse me, from the bed to a wheelchair, to a table out in the living room where he literally was was like a toddler again and busied himself with um, uh, folding towels, holding blankets. He had a stuffed puppy dog that looked just like my dogs um, that he talked to, that he held. He would watch TV some, uh, some of the old shows, um, he would just talk to people that th- that weren't there. And those were my dad's days for a while. We took my dad off all medication and we were able to see where the illness was at. This is not right for everybody, but it was right for my dad. And my dad only ended up on some all natural like uh, sleep aids, like melatonin and L-theanine and, and 5-HTP and CBD, things like that, that helped calm him at night to sleep. But otherwise he was on nothing anymore. Um, and he would spend his days like that. And slowly the memory uh, started to go. I would come in. And I would address him every time and say, hi, dad, it's Carla, your daughter. And sometimes, and my dad was always very sarcastic and very much loved to joke around. Sometimes he would look at me and just kind of roll his eyes like, oh, she's back. Or uh, there were a couple of times I would say that and he said, hey, bonehead, and then would just crack up. He thought it was so funny. And so I have sweet, sweet moments and memories like that with my dad in even in the pain of seeing where he he was at this childlike state, even watching that and leaving there many times just in tears, the Lord gave us so many sweet moments too. And I could look at him and tell him, dad, I love you. And he might just look at me. I'd say, dad, I love you. And then he would say, I love you too. And I hold those memories so close. Um, and then toward the end, he just, he just, he couldn't even get out of the bed anymore and slowly progressed. But I will tell you, 
that my family prayed every single day that my dad would not have to go to that memory care home and live out his days there. We prayed that he would die peacefully at home with us there and that that he would be in no pain. Every one of our prayers were answered. My dad did die at home. My dad went peacefully. We were in the room praying over him, praying the Lord's prayer, praying Psalms, holding his hands, telling him how much we loved him and that it was okay to go home to Jesus. And we were there when my dad took his last breath. And um, it's pretty incredible to see someone transition from this life to the next um, and to transition so peacefully. And as we sat there, we're like, that next breath didn't come. And we're like, he's gone. He's really gone. And we even praised and rejoiced because we knew he was meeting Jesus. He was meeting Jesus. He wasn't in this body anymore, this, this unhealthy body. He now had his memory. He had everything back. He was singing and dancing and rejoicing. And we were able to rejoice in that, in the midst of the pain of realizing that he was gone from our presence. He is gone on this earth, but he's not gone. His spirit is alive and well and in heaven and dancing on the streets in heaven. And he is with his family and his friends. And I'm just very thankful for that. I'd like to share at the end to give anyone hope that my dad for the last few days would look, had a very furrowed brow and just always looked kind of even more confused and, and just stared right through you. Those last couple days, my dad's face changed, his eyes changed, and he just, he stared deep, deep into my eyes. And I knew he saw me. He couldn't talk anymore, but I knew he saw me and I knew he heard me. And I sat there and talked to him and I would tell him stories and over and over, I love you, dad. I love you, dad. And he would just look at me and then squeeze my hand. He knew what I was saying. So don't ever stop talking to them. Don't ever stop talking to them. And some of my sweetest, sweetest memories with my dad was putting him to bed at night. Even though it was so hard, I had to go over there every night and usually with my husband. Uh, my parents had a neighbor that was just an angel, a godsend that would come lift, help lift my dad from wheelchair to bed. And we had some other sweet friends, her and her husband, Leanne and Matt, our, our true angels that that came from their house to come help us get my dad in bed a couple nights. The people that brought my parents' meals, just so, so many things. But the moments of putting my dad to bed are some I will never forget. And I I miss him, but I, I wouldn't go back there because I don't want him to be back in that space. But to put my dad to bed and to get him tucked in and put the essential oils in the diffuser for him and turn on the music and put his little stuffed animal on his chest and rub his head and kiss his head and tell him that I loved him are things I will hold so close to my heart for the rest of my life. So 
with that said, um, we we laid my dad to rest this last Saturday, and um, uh, we had family, friends. My kids were home, and I'm just thankful, thankful for each and every person that's been there for us. But I just wanted to share a little bit of the journey we've been on and offer hope, offer hope in Jesus, hope that your loved one, uh, their life doesn't end. They go on to live in God's glory. And that is what keeps us going for my dad. We know that he was, his body was a vessel. His, his body was just here to carry him through. And so for for my dad and anyone else out there that has a loved one going through any of this, I I hope you'll hold on to hope. I hope that if you have any questions about faith, Jesus, heaven, you will reach out to me because I am happy, happy to help you and walk you through. Um, but so I wanted to share that. I want to look at a couple of my notes over here um, of some things I don't want to forget to talk about Um to back up a little bit on my dad's health, my dad got diabetes in his fifties, um, around my age, a little younger. And it is another reason I'm so, so, so passionate about health and taking care of yourself and doing the best you can to take care of, of your body inside and out. And, um, you know, my dad got diabetes and people think that diabetes, no big deal. I can take insulin. I can do whatever. It's a big deal. If you are pre-diabetic or um, diagnosed with type two diabetes, there are chances you can turn it around. Even if you're diagnosed type two pre-diabetes, you can definitely turn it around with lifestyle, with your nutrition, with fitness, with so much. And my dad did fight for a long time to try and keep it under control, but he always seemed to slip back off. And he ended up with diabetic wounds, which nobody wants diabetic wounds. He came close to having his uh, foot amp amputated. He used to go to the hyperbaric chamber for, I don't even remember, uh, it was an hour, I believe, every day for like six weeks, five days a week. Um, he got uh, retinop retinopathy. I, I may be saying it wrong, but in his eyes, my dad had to have injections in his eyes 10, 10 times a needle in his eyes to remove the blood from his eyes. God bless Dr. Rosa, the most amazing doctor in the entire world, prayed over us every time we were there. And when my dad slipped right before he slipped into a coma, Dr. Rosa called us and we put him on speaker and my dad lit up and he prayed over him. There are not many out there like that. And um, so I just want to share that I started going to the doctor with my parents. I started going and advocating for them, advocating for him to get off some of this medication. He was on, oh my goodness, so, so many pills for years and years and years. And this might be controversial, but again, no, I'm not a medical professional. This is my opinion. I'm just putting it out there. Get off statins. Get off statins. Our hospice nurse even told us it's one of the worst things you could possibly be on. And it can even make things worse. My dad was on statins for years and years and years. 
And so do your research, be your own health advocate and do your research on it and find out what's right for you. But I will tell you that I've learned a lot about them. And when this nurse who's worked ICU and hospice told me that too, uh, and, and there was so much more to our conversation about it all, but you do your own research and be your own health advocate. But I want to say, be a health advocate for your parents as they're aging. They need you. Uh, if if I hadn't gone with my parents to so many appointments, it, it was so overwhelming for my mom to remember everything. And I could ask questions they couldn't even think of asking. And so just be your own health advocate, research, learn. Don't just take one doctor's word for it. Listen to your gut, pray about it, and go research and find out what's right for you and for your family. And that's what we did. And that's what when when my mom and I made the decision to take my dad off all medication, we prayed about it. And we felt so strongly that the Lord was telling us, be his advocate, get him off all of this. And we did. So I just encourage you in that to be your own advocate and be your parents' advocate. They need you. And you can go back and listen to an episode I did with Kim and Mike Barnes, Barnes, excuse me, on Parenting Aging Parents. Uh, They have a website, parentingagingparents.com, a private Facebook group. I can't say enough amazing things about this group. This Facebook group helped me so much. They helped me find my my hospice company. They helped me find my in-home caregivers. They helped me find Debbie Douglas of Oasis Senior Advisors, who was incredible in doing all the legwork of of the uh, helping me with the different facilities that I went and looked at for my dad. And even though we ended up not using it, she still was there and she was there afterwards. So I highly recommend that you check out Parenting Aging Parents. Go back and listen to my podcast on that. But they have what's called the caregiver's key. Get one. Order one for you. Uh, you're not too young. I'm in my 50s. I'm 58. My husband and I are going to fill it out. It will set you up for your kids' success. So if something happens, they have everything they need in one book. They have all your investments, your passwords, your uh, what what you want for your burial, your service, Bible verses, songs. Um, oh my gosh, account numbers, everything in one place. So if you could tell I'm passionate about it, um, it is definitely a helpful guide. And so I wanted to share that with you. And um, let me think what else. Grieving. Um, I'm still so fresh into this. Since we just laid my dad to rest last Saturday, it's been very strange this whole week. And I was telling my husband that Um, and I was talking to a friend about it who has lost both of her parents. I will be fine. I'll feel like I'm doing pretty good and I'll feel joyful and happy. And then bam, it hits me and I feel heavy. That's the best way I can describe it is I feel heavy and a sadness overcomes me. Um, It might be just a memory of my dad or something I thought of or realizing I will never talk to my dad again, this side of heaven. 
he won't call me on the phone. And my dad, if you knew him, he was a huge personality and a big presence. And he would be so excited when he would call. And when I think about, I don't get to hear his voice. I don't get to see him. I don't get to help him and hold his arm and help him in the house. I don't get to see him have the joy of hanging out with us and our our family and our dogs. And, And when those moments hit, I'm trying to allow myself to feel them. I'm real good about getting busy and and just pushing it to the side. But I'm trying not to do that. And I'm trying to feel it and um, but not sit in it, not stay in it, but feel it, grieve it and then release it. Uh, And that's that's what I'm trying to do. But each day is is, you know, God's mercies are new each and every single morning. And he gives me and my family the strength we need just to just to go through this. The grieving is strange when it's been someone with Alzheimer's uh, because you feel like you've already grieved who they were because my dad for so long, um, it was different. And then especially the last couple months in that decline. And then in the last few weeks when, um, you know, he didn't know us and stuff. It's like, you're already grieving. I went through one time, a major breakdown on a, on a day when he was still with us and I literally lost it. I think I had held it in too long and I just lost it. And I was mad and sad and, Oh, I just, I, I yelled at God and I'm, you know, and it's okay. You can yell at God. He knows, he knows what you're thinking. And then I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And the grieving is very strange with this kind of illness. Um, and, uh, I, I, I feel that I hate the word relief, but I think we all have a kind of a relief in a way of, it was like holding our breath every time the phone rang or if my mom called in the middle of the night and needed help, it was always, oh my gosh, is he gone? Or did he fall? Or it it was constantly living on the edge, this anxiety ridden state and just wondering what was next. And the, the, just the, all the stress of, you know, looking at uh, nursing homes, memory care homes, interviewing caregivers, figuring out the details so when he passed, it's almost like a deep breath of, okay, we don't have to worry about that anymore. But yet there's the part of you that wants that to be there just so you can have him with you, but not in the way he was. So I feel like the grieving is different and it comes in waves and um, it's just a day by day process. Uh, he is going to be so missed and that so many holidays are coming up will be tough. Um, his birthday is in December. Uh, my mom and dad's, it would be their 58th anniversary, 59th anniversary is coming up. My birthday, my son's birthday, uh, and then the holidays. So we've got some tough things to go through without my dad, but we're going to make them special for him. And we are going to honor him in all of it. So um, we will get through. And I have the most incredible, amazing family uh, that I'm so, so thankful for. And when they were here uh, for the the 
service and all the time together, we all, we laughed, we did, we had good times. And then we did, we shared just so many stories and memories. And we'd say, remember when he did this and when he did that. And uh, next time you play cornhole, think of my dad. Uh, Next time you play horseshoes, if you ever do, think of my dad. He loved it. My dad loved dogs and babies. And he used to go up to everyone in the stores, little babies. And people would be kind of cautious, like, "Mm, get away from my baby. He didn't know. He just wanted to love that baby. So next time you're somewhere, if you have a dog or a baby and an elderly man or lady comes up to you, just be sweet to them and talk to them and let them love on that dog or that baby. Let them have that. Those moments were so precious to my dad. Anytime people were kind enough to let him do that. He didn't know a stranger everywhere he went. He smiled and talked to him. Um, So go make someone smile today because my dad did it. And last year at Christmas, I took he and my mom to a field trip to Hobby Lobby. And he found this little hat, Christmas hat, and he wore it through the store and he made people smile and laugh. He didn't care what people thought. Don't care what people think. Wear the hat, uh, dance, be silly, goofy. He loved to dance with my mom. Just do things. Enjoy life. Don't hold back. And I'm learning that more and more every day. My dad was an example of that. And he wasn't always that way. My dad got sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as he aged. Um, and he he just uh, is fondly remembered by all as being such a kind, sweet man. And so I, um, I think I will conclude on that. Um, I just want to say again that I can't thank my community and my friends, all my Fab 50 um, high school friends, uh, just my my women's group from the table, just all my other beautiful friends that surround me, my parents' friends, their church communities, their neighbors, everybody that surrounded us. Thank you. Thank you. Parenting, aging parents for everyone in that group. Uh, that loved and supported and just encouraged through that Facebook group. Thank you. Um, I want to close out by reading something I wrote. And I actually ended up reading at my dad's um, service. Um, I didn't know if I was going to do it and I decided to do it. And I want to share it with you um, and then share a little something when I'm finished. I woke up one night And literally, God gave me this verse I kept playing in my head, this, and it was, I didn't know. And it made me think of all the things with my dad. And there's so many more than what I wrote down. This is just some of them. But the things I didn't know. So it's called, I didn't know that that was the last time you would sit on the porch with us. I didn't know that would be the last time you'd come for Sunday dinner. They came every Sunday. I didn't know that would be the last time you whistled. And I told this at, at when I presented the eulogy, my dad used to whistle like crazy. And for a while we were like, oh my gosh, would he stop whistling? It's so annoying. And one day it was that wake up call. It's like the Lord said, you're going to miss that whistle one day. 
And so we said how much we just wished my dad was still whistling, especially at the end. He would still sing. He did. He sang. Um, But, oh, how those things that you think might be a little annoying, embrace them, cherish them, and um, be tolerant and patient with them. So I didn't know that was the last time my dad would whistle. I didn't know that was the last day you would walk. I didn't know that was the last time you'd drive away from our house, waving and yelling, I love you. They did it every time they drove away. I didn't know that was the last time you'd enjoy Sonny's grilling. He loved my husband's food. He loved it. And he let you know when he liked food and when he didn't. I didn't know that would be the last time you remembered us. I didn't know that would be the last time you'd get to play cornhole. That was in May. He played cornhole. I didn't know that would be your last car ride. I didn't know that would be the last time you said my name. I didn't know that was my last birthday song. Every year, for years, my parents have called and sang the most obnoxious happy birthday song. And I got to where I started recording it. I wouldn't answer the phone. I would record it because I knew one day I would want those. So I have several of their birthday songs, and I will play on November 7th those birthday songs. Do things like that. I can't stress it enough. Record your parents talking. Record stories. Ask them questions. Record them. Record the special things, the whistling, the singing, the dancing. Uh, We have a video last year at Thanksgiving with my mom and dad dancing and my daughter and I playing the piano and other family members putting a puzzle together and a dog, my dog chewing a bone. It was the most beautiful video. Document these things so you have them. Um, I didn't know that was our last holidays we would get with you. And I didn't know that was the last time Waylon and Boone, my puppy dogs, would get to love on you. He adored my dogs. So I wrote that and I also ended with, I didn't know that every prayer we prayed would be answered. What is that saying? That's saying, I trust in Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. I trust in him with with all my heart. But sometimes you just, when you pray, I was like, I'm praying my dad's organs would just shut down on their own. They wouldn't have to be helped along. I'm praying he dies peacefully at home. I'm praying I'm there for his last breath. I'm praying he doesn't have to go into a home and die in a, a, a memory care home. We prayed all of that. And it, he got answered every prayer. I didn't know, but now I know. Just trust, trust fully. Keep praying, keep the hope. Hope is so important. So going forward for me, is just taking day by day, grieving when I need to grieve, 
remembering my dad with joy and sometimes with sadness, celebrating him, celebrating that he is in heaven with Jesus and celebrating that one day I will get to see him again. I will get to hug him. He will whistle for me and sing my birthday song. I will get all that one day. And that is what fills my heart, keeps me going and gives me hope. So I hope that this speaks to someone and helps someone um, going forward. If you're dealing with any kind of loved one with an illness, let me say, I'm so sorry, because I now understand walking through this until you're really in it is so hard to understand until you're really in the grieving of a parent. It's hard to understand, but just be there for people that are going through it. They don't need to hear a bunch of things. All they need to hear is, I love you. I'm here for you. That's it. And maybe I know this is difficult. I'm right here for you, whatever you need. That's what people need to hear. And so with that said, we move forward and we we do it with joy and a little bit of a heavy heart. But we know that... Um, his mercies are new every morning, like I said. And I have uh, right here, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And that's Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. God meets you where you are at with just the right mercies for just the right time. So don't forget that. Hold on to that. Hold on to hope and reach out to people. Don't do it alone. Reach out. Don't isolate and let others in and let people walk beside you and guide you through this process. Okay. Thank you for joining me for this solo. Uh, I've got to share. I've got some amazing guests coming up. So I'm excited to be back in the swing of things. And um I have some amazing guests coming up. Do not miss them. I've got some women that you are, your mind's going to be blown. Just so inspirational, the things that they're doing and the age that you're at. It will inspire you to get moving and to never give up because you know what? If you're still here, you're not done living. So remember, your age is not your cage. And I'll see you on the next episode.